turn in your Bibles. Uh, actually, we'll, we're going to go to a, quite a few different passages this morning. We are going to uh, talk about Mother's Day. And and Mother's Day, I, I want to encourage moms today. If it comes out wrong, uh, know that was my intent, mothers. Uh, I know it's not easy to be a mom, not because I've ever been a mom, I live with one. Uh, I know her well. I was raised by one. Um, it's a difficult thing. And uh, I, I want to encourage you today as we go um, before God's word. I, I want to tell you that I, I, I want you to know that you're doing great. And you say, well, how, how do you know I'm doing great? Uh, I feel like such a failure in so many ways. I want to tell you you're doing great. Um, you're here. I hear your heart as I talk to you, as I've talked to many of you. And your heart for your kids is amazing to me. Uh, and I, I'm talking about uh, you who are young moms, who I watch you lug your kids into church here, and you've got uh, a diaper bag. It looks like there's a bowling ball in there or something like that, and your carrier, and sometimes you've got a couple of kids, and you're trying... I, I love it. I realize that it's not easy, but the, the fact that you desire this, I want to tell you, you're doing great. And and those of you who are older, I, I always am amazed, especially those of you who are older than me, and, and sometimes you you make sure you that I know that you're older than me, because you say, how old are you? And I say, I'm 46. And, and you say, uh, my youngest son is older than you. Uh, and uh, I, 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 m- your heart for your kids is where it's at. The, the fact that you continue to hope for the best for your children and your grandchildren. And I, I love it when you come and plot and plan before me. And you say, now, uh, my... My kids are going to be here next week. Uh, what are you going to preach? I have a few ideas for you. Uh, I, I I love it when uh, you come to me and you say, my kids are moving to a new town or I have a granddaughter who's going to such and such college. And do you know of any good churches around there? Can we send somebody out to them? Uh, that's thrilling to me. And I, I want to tell you, that's the work of a mom. That's the work of a heart of how God has made you to want what's best uh, for your kids. I love hearing moms talk about how they could be better moms and how they can grow and learn and do things differently and always assessing their own uh, duties as mom. Uh, This is what makes uh, a great mom is one who's willing to do this. You have won uh, by being here today, and I, I want to tell you, not just you have won, but your family has won because that's your heart for them. Uh, that's who you want to be. Second encouragement I, I want to have for you, just as a pastor here, is don't, don't look to the world to approve of you being a mom. Uh, don't, don't look for them to give you ideas on how to be a better mom. Don't look for their approval, their appreciation. They're never going to look at the sacrifices that you make for your children and say, 
hey, that's exactly what you should be doing. They're going to tell you, go do something else. There's something better out there for you. There's something more important. Um, they're not going to appreciate uh, that you have one of the, the greatest jobs on the face of this earth to impact the next generation. And I would even say this, the next generations uh, because of what will happen in ripple effects because of the work of a mom. I want to encourage you moms, uh, if they call you to be president of the USA, uh, I want to tell, I want you to get this line fixed in your mind on the phone. I'm busy. I'm busy. Tell them you're busy. Uh, tell them you're busy. You already got a job and it's better than anything that they can offer you. And uh, lastly, just pastorally to you as moms, um, I want you to remember that you're covered by grace. You're covered by grace. Um, I know there are days, moments. I know there are areas of your life, seasons of your life, that um, you feel like failures. Um, The mom fail thing goes on. And you feel like there's a cloud over your life. You wanted to uh, succeed and do it right, but somehow it didn't come out right. Somehow you lacked the power you, you you wanted or you should have or you felt like, uh, but you failed. And I, I want to tell you, that may be legitimate. It may not be something that you're just being hard. Some of you are hard on yourself and in your best days, uh, you feel like a failure. But other times we've truly failed. Um, I, I want to tell you, this is why Jesus died. This is why Jesus died. Uh, for in our failings that he desired to cover us, to make us fit, say, I, I've got it. It's okay because of what I did on the cross. This is why Jesus died. Uh, because he died, even in our worst failings, we would be covered by the blood of Jesus. And so today, as you're a mom, I'm glad you're here. Uh, I just have a few words. Uh, it won't be long. Uh but I uh, wanted to encourage you first in your role as mom. Uh, it's thrilling to be a part of a church where there are so many great moms. And there's a camaraderie around you ladies um, that your kids benefit from and that you encourage one, another's, one another. Um, and so I, I hope you enjoy your day. My message this morning uh, has to do... With, with the idea that mom always wants our best. Um, she always wants... How, how many of you uh, have ever heard of a mom who worries? How, how many of you ever heard, heard of a mom that worries? Um, and it's not, you know, I, I, had a, I had a friend I went to college with and we spent some time with him and his wife and uh, their little one. And... Uh, she said, yeah, I was worried about this. And he goes, yeah, I know. You worry about everything. And, uh, and he goes, yeah, you'd like it too. You like to worry about everything. And she goes, oh, no, I don't. And he goes, yes, you do. Because if you didn't like it, you wouldn't do it so much. Um, his logic was a little failed, but uh, I appreciated the point. Uh, moms don't worry for no reason. Um, it's because they love. Is because they love their children, they love their family, and 
They want something for them. They, they look in the future. It's not that they are, um, ones of fortune tellers or anything like that, but they, they picture the future. They picture the future. And as they picture the future, they, uh, know that things can go bad or things can be great. And they always want what's best for their children. They always want what's best. And there's no time limit on that, is there? Uh, when a child turns 18, they're an adult and mom no longer worries about them. Not even close. Not even close. And in fact, in some ways, uh, the worrying that all was just prelim right there up to 18, right? Now the worrying really begins because now they're out on their own. Now they're making choices. Now they're uh, living in a different town. Now they're choosing a spouse. Now they're beginning to raise my grandkids. Oh, now, now you know, these are the things that cut. Ca- and why? Why does a mom? Because she wants what's best. She wants something that's best for her her children, that next generation. This morning, I want to tell you this one thing. And this is for all of us. All of us who are here today. All of us here today, I'm confident to say we had a mom. I went to school for a long time to figure all these things out. Uh... I want to tell you this. Uh, today's a tough day too, right? For some of you, uh, relationships with mom aren't what you'd like them to be. Maybe mom's passed away. Uh, maybe uh, you're separated from your mom. It's your first uh, Mother's Day without your mom. Maybe for you, it brings up all these other things that I, I shared with before. I, I, I want to tell you, that your mom wanted what was best for you. She wanted what was best. And this morning, I want to put before you, put before you that Jesus, it's what's best for you to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I want to talk to you and hopefully I can connect this for you that you might see that all the things your mom worried about, all the things that kind of popped up the, in the forefront of her mind are taken care of in a relationship with Jesus. And you say, well, my, my mom didn't know Christ. And uh, she was, I, I want to tell you that even though she may not have known Christ, the things that she wanted for you were, were found in Jesus, are found in Jesus. And this morning, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to cling to Christ because these things, these things that your mother wanted for you are found in him. As we start out, um, I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to look at verse 13. And many of the passages we're going to go over this morning have to uh, have the words in Christ, in Christ. And this is kind of a, a list of all the riches, all the things, all the benefits of being in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And these are the things that a mother desires uh, for her children 
The first one is closeness with God. If you look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13, it says this, But now in Christ Jesus, you were once far off and have been brought near by the blood of Christ. When you think of being far off or, or far away, there's a sense of distance and a, a sense where we are this idea of being out there, uh, out from under the nest. Moms always want everyone to be in that safe place. It might be uh, inside the house. It might be inside the yard. That's what fences are all about. Moms invented fences uh, for the house. So you stay in the yard here. You stay in here. Um, they, they want to know that they're, you're close and that closeness is the idea of protection, of protection, of not feeling uh, distant in a way out on your own that nobody cared about you. And you look at this and you say, in Jesus, in Jesus, God took us and he brought us who are far away, far away. This idea of being distant and, and removed. And he says he brought us near. He brought us near. I look at this and I go, what does that give us in this life? The idea of being close with God. What does that give us now, right now? Well, I look at that and I go, closeness with God gives me some, it gives me this protection. It gives me a confidence. It, it gives me this sense of I am in his family. I want to tell you, that's what your mom wanted for you. When she pictured, you know, the difficulty is that moms don't get to uh, do this over a whole lifetime. They don't get to make all the choices. They get to initially. I mean, that's why we all wore those ridiculous outfits uh, when we were kids, because mom made the choices. She got to decide. But as things go on, uh, she can hope, she can desire. And yet, when you look at what you have in Jesus Christ... He takes you who are far off from him and he brings you close to himself through relationship in his son, Jesus, through the blood of what he has done. Amazing thing. And you know what? I, I want to tell you, that's what moms want for their kids is that they would feel like that comfort of being close with God. Number two this morning um, is to be right with God. Woo. To be right with God. If you look over at Philippians chapter 3. And um, being right with God is the idea that we are doing what's right and approved. Okay? Uh, I don't want to show of hands, but moms, have you ever received the phone call from school? Uh, is this Mrs. So-and-so, the mother of so-and-so? Some of you say you don't know what this is. Uh, one of two things are true of you. You only had girls, uh, or you're homeschooling, you know, and homeschooling, it's no different. You know what's going on, right? You, you, uh, dad gets it when he gets home, right? You know, the principal, the disciplinarian, the one who does, uh, detention, right? Uh, comes home. I, you want your, your kid to do right and to be right and, and to have a, a, a sense of that he is 
he's a good kid and things are going well in his life. And, and that doesn't happen. I want to tell you that even the most compliant child is sinful. In their heart, they're saying, I'm better than you. Uh, I, I, you know, you did, you know, they love to tattle. Oh, I couldn't stand those kids, you know. Uh, but uh, as we look to God's word, it gives us a different picture of what it is righteousness is. It, it doesn't say work hard, work hard, work hard. You're going to do it on your own. You can do it. You're the best. Uh, it says this in Philippians chapter three, it says, and being found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. I want to tell you, um, the idea of being right or righteous is what every mom wants. And the way to be right and most importantly, right with God, there's only one way. It's not through being good yourself. It's through putting your faith and trust in Jesus, what he did on the cross. That's the only way to get righteousness. That's the only way to... And and righteousness, the idea of righteousness isn't that we get a certificate, a plaque, uh, a badge, an accolade. Uh, they don't have like a ceremony. There's not... Uh, uh, a day named after us. That's not what righteousness, the, the benefit is. It's the idea that you can sleep at night. It, it's the idea that when the phone rings, your mom doesn't jump and go, oh no, what have they found out about? It's that you're made right with God, that you have a right relationship with him. That this is what, this is the best that we can do. And it's found in Jesus Christ. That we could be right with him. Not because of what we have done. But because of what Jesus has done. If you look in, uh, next one I want to bring is the victory. First uh, Corinthians chapter 15. Um, have you ever watched mom at uh, a basketball game, a soccer game? any kind of game for that matter, where their child is playing, moms sometimes flip out. I don't know if you've seen that. I, I remember a couple of uh, instances where a, a child a child has hit a home, home run and just watching the mom just flip out. Uh, you know, you, you're supposed to be videoing the game and it just kind of drifts over and you're like, whoa, uh, to send this into the funniest home videos or something like that. I, you understand that, that a mom's always, you know, moms are great when you lose, right? Because where they say, oh, it's okay, honey. You played a great game. I love watching you play. And in their heart, they're going, oh, I wish they would have won. You know, they're yelling at the umpire. They're calling the other coach cheater and stuff like that. And they're, you know taking their compact out and they're trying to blind the other team and stuff like that. Uh, they want, they want their child to win. They, they want their child to, in the end, be the victor that they won't get run over. And I want to tell you the greatest victory in life is not a, a baseball game. It's not getting straight A's. 
It's not, you know, in, in any particular competition down here. But we know this from God's word. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57, it, it gives us this important, so important of a truth that, and it comes through having a relationship of Jesus Christ, with Jesus Christ. It says this, verse 57, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Apart from which, we will be eternally lost. That we, you know, when the scoreboard goes up and you look at the score, we will have been the loser. This is not talking about any small thing, any momentary thing where we'll get them next season or anything like that. This is talking about the, the, our whole entire life. And it, really even more than that, our eternity. Because of our sins, we have lost. We have lost. But if, but if we have a relationship with Jesus Christ. We can say along with Paul as he writes this, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to point something out here. It's not just, uh, it's not specifically that we have received the victory, but that we are on the winning team. (laughs) That because of our relationship with Jesus Christ, God has given us the victory. And I want to tell you, your mom always wanted you to win. Even if you were on those teams, right? It feels like everybody has been on those teams. I've even coached those teams. They should have fired the coach. Um, but, But in the end, you desire to win, to have the victory. And I want to tell you, apart from Jesus Christ, all this will be for naught. As you uh, look down in that same passage to the next verse, uh, one of the things moms worry about, uh, I don't want to say most because it's just one of the things, but uh, that my child's life would be a waste. That in the end, that they will have worked hard and, and it will come up as nothing. And, and they, 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 they worry about this. They stay awake. And, and I, I want you to see victory in verse 57. But if you go down to the next verse, what does it say about this life? Because Jesus has given us the victory. What does it say about this life? Listen, it says this. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. That the picture there is this working hard, pushing through, keeping at it, giving your best. Why? Knowing that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. That your life will not be a waste. That it will be worth it in the end. I want to tell you, moms can hope for that best for you. Your mom may be hoping that right now for you, that that your life would not be a waste. And I want to tell you, if you know Jesus Christ, if you're living for him, it won't be. It won't be in vain. If you turn over to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, just a couple more. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. One of the things moms 
concern themselves with uh, a ton is just the feeling of loneliness. I don't want my child to feel alone. I I don't want them to uh, feel like they have no friends. You know, we uh, many times moms plot and plan as their kids go to school. They're trying to figure out, you know, who you're going to be with at recess. Who, where's the best seat in the classroom? What classroom can I get in that you can have friends in? And and then sometimes moms are plotting because they're worried about the same thing and they're negotiating. Uh, they're saying, so now have your kid meet my kid and we're going to send them out there and it's going to be great. And we're, we're putting them together so they won't be alone. I'm afraid my child's going to be a loner. And I look at this and I go, uh, Sometimes it just happens. Even as we grow up to adults, there, there's sometimes where we will be alone. And uh, I, I love this. It's connected with the idea of money, of needing more and thinking that would somehow feel, fill your life. But listen to this. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because God has said... Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. You know what's best for you? Is to have a relationship with the Father through the Son who promises that He will never leave you nor forsake you. That there's not a place where you could be that God would leave you alone, that He would be with you. I find it interesting because some of you have moved from L.A. or some other big city where uh, it, it's like people are pushing in on you and they're, they're just everywhere. You can't believe how many people there are. And you're like, uh, I don't really get this alone thing. But I also I kind of do because sometimes there's a lot of people around and I still feel like distant and alone and all these other things. But we here, we live on the edge of the desert, Right. You can picture being out there alone, can't you? Some of you have been out there all alone because of the kind of cars you drive. Um, you'd be left out there and you say, I'm just here alone. I, there's nobody here. There's nobody here. I, I feel like I'm exposed and no one's with me. I want to tell you, your mom wanted you never to be alone. But that's not just about you getting married. That's about you having a relationship with Jesus Christ. To have a relationship where you will have an always together relationship with God. My last point this morning. Mom's best for you. A feeling of future security. future That you'll be alright in the future. If you turn over to 1 Peter chapter 1. Such a rich passage of what comes from knowing Jesus Christ. 1 Peter chapter 1, starting at verse 3. And listen to this. I, I mean, so, some of us wander around this earth and we say, oh, we don't have very much money. We don't have very much of this, that, or the other thing. We, we're kind of poor in this. And, and I want to, if you know Jesus, if you know Jesus, and you look down at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, you hear this. Listen to what it says. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. 
What's the future going to be like? Verse 4. To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. For who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed at the last time. Um, as we raise children, uh, moms look to their children and they go, what's the future going to be like for them? What's going to happen when I'm gone? What, will they be able to support themselves? Will, they, uh, will their future be bright or will it be bleak? I want to tell you, mom wanted what was best for you. And you look at that passage, what does it say about your future? Inheritance that will never fade. It will never uh, deteriorate in any way. It's kept in heaven for you. It's a better bank than you're ever going to find. And it's being guarded. This is all protected by what God has done for you in Jesus. I want to tell you that there's something that your mom may or may not have known. But she wanted what was best for you. And what's best for you is that you would have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Please join with me in prayer. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the beautiful moms represented here today. Um, God, I ask that you would uh, allow them to enjoy this day. That they would reflect both on their children that you have blessed them with and also with their mom and how you blessed them through her. God, uh, I know it's tough. I I don't understand all the difficulties of it. But Lord, I I ask that you'd grant them courage and strength today to face another day. I ask that you would cause them not to give up. I ask that you'd give them joy in the midst of difficulty. Um, God, help them to see the benefit for future generations. God, thank you for this morning. And may all of us cling to Jesus, the only one who is best for us. God, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I just want to say one last thing. Happy Mother's Day to you mothers. Thank you for being, I believe there's a gift for you out there. And it doesn't, uh, don't read too much into it. Um, uh, It's wildflower seeds, okay? And we're not saying that you're a wildflower. Okay. Though some of you might be, but the beauty is what we're focusing on here this morning. Thank you for being here today. You are dismissed.